the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the show. Happy December 8th, 2020. First thought I had this morning was how we too often, and I'm willing to admit it may just be me, that I too often don't always prioritize the right things in life. That is to say, we too often confuse the critical with the less critical or the critical with the frivolous. I think about these things a lot this time of year. What's important, what's not, what I misprioritize as important, and what I should value more. Maybe we all should. In the crisis, Thomas Paine wrote, What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. I wonder if we think about that enough, the value we put in things by virtue of how hard we work to acquire or have them. A big part of this is gratitude, of course. Another great part is effort. Sometimes they go together, sometimes not. And when they don't, when we have gratitude for something great in our lives that we didn't necessarily work that hard for, as I understand it, we call that grace. Friends and friendships can be a big part of that. So let me just say off the top, let me just wish a very happy birthday to one of my dearest friends, Jim, who I am so grateful God put in my life and who I know everyone he has touched are equally grateful for. As you know, one of my favorite movies is The Wizard of Oz and when the Tin Man approaches the wizard at the end, the wizard conveys two messages, says two important things to the Tin Man. One of them is too difficult to discuss. The other is exactly this, quote, A heart is not judged by how much you love, but by how much you are loved by others, close quote. So if I can just once more wish a very happy birthday to my friend Jim, you are loved by tons of others, and it is my privilege to be one of them. In thinking, too, about that Thomas Paine line, what we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly, it is dearness only that gives everything its value. It's important to apply those words to our country and fellow countrymen just now. Sure, there, too, most of us have a grace about our patriotism. We didn't do that much to be Americans. By great fortune, we were simply born here. Most of us didn't have to take up arms to protect ourselves or our country either, and I don't know if we properly value all that right now, even in hard times. It's been a hard year for many, but we are not summer soldiers and sunshine patriots, or should not be. That's what Thomas Paine wrote. It's the line George Washington so loved of Thomas Paine's that he had his men read it just as they crossed the Delaware. Part of that sentiment, too, explains why so many of us distrust and dislike the welfare state. Has anybody ever said or argued that the greatest welfare program the world has ever devised was the gift or subvention of simply being born in America or being allowed to take up residence here legally? You think about the history of the world or even the contemporary world, and you have to ask how many people in our world live in a country dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal, recognizing that our liberty comes not from government but from God. And that it is the government's obligation and duty to protect that. 
a country promising right up front its citizens, justice, domestic tranquility, a common defense and security of our blessings. There is an answer. There is an answer to how many? Over 7 billion. And I think in a great sense, so much of our upset these days stems from being out of focus and out of sync with those great guarantees and promises. We, many of us, are even probably somewhat civically depressed about it all. Maybe too many have achieved these things or their version of these things too cheaply, and thus dearness and value has become elusive. Maybe their view of welfare as not being an American so much as being guaranteed other things, including the modern idea of welfare itself. We ought to snap out of it, and pretty quickly, I think. For those of us who do love this country and treasure and value it so very much, we must remember just now our Wordsworth. What we have loved, others will love, but we must show them how. We must show them how. I don't expect to ever change or convert the mind of a hardened ideologue, especially one so drenched in hate. Perhaps think of a Ilan Omar. What I do expect we should be able to do is reach and teach those who support her and give her the power she wields, exercises, and corrupts. It seems to me we have two polar choices right now, a lot more Omar, Omars or a lot more non-Omars. We fool ourselves in thinking she's a one-off or rarity or exception. There are an awful lot here, groomed and breeded by tens of thousands, if not millions, every year, every month, every week, in schools throughout this country, paid for by the people of this country, paid for by people who don't even have children in schools, or sometimes even children. You see, we about 19 years ago started worrying about the madrasas of the Middle East and Asia. If only we worried as much about our own schools and what they were teaching here. What they taught about America, Christianity, and Judaism and the madrasas is close to as problematic as what they are taught here about the same. I recall once someone approaching us about putting American curricula in other nations to counter the madrasas. It was a bad idea. You can't fight a hardened ideology with a nullity. When a bottle is smashed, it no longer has anything of value in it. The remaining question is, can we put genies back in smashed bottles? I recall Mark Stein asking that question once. And it seems to me we'd better get to that question here and rather quickly. Forget saving the world a moment. You look around yourselves here, you look at November 3rd, and you have to admit we look or appear as the kind of country we and other countries used to send aid to. Conspiracy theories and paranoia, we are told, we swim in, breathe in, exist in. Outside the revisionism of the left, that is the new area our culture has moved to, and it's very one-sided. I'm often worried about planks and specks, and what the right in America is engaged in is specks. What the left is engaged in is planks, and yet they charge and accuse us of the opposite. How many times have you heard you're part of a, or engaged in paranoia or conspiracy theory? Well, there are conspiracy theories, and there are conspiracy theories. George Baker in the Wall Street Journal gets to some of this. Remember Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, D. Rhode Island? He thinks the federal judiciary has been bought by a dark money conspiracy controlled by the Federalist Society. As he memory 
memorably explained with visuals during the confirmation hearings of Amy Coney Barrett. Mr. Whitehouse isn't the only Democrat who can see through the thick timber of federal institutions to the dastardly plotters within. Remember the great Trump post office conspiracy? For a few weeks in summer, we were told by supposedly serious politicians and excitable people in the media that the president was stealing mailboxes to stop people from sending in ballots. And there was a widespread claim for much of the year promoted by progressive politicians, commentators, entertainment figures, and others that black people in America were being targeted for mass murder by police officers. We haven't even gotten to Russia yet. When the New York Post published its Hunter Biden story weeks before the election, much of the liberal-leaning intelligence establishment insisted it was probably a Kremlin plot. This was merely the latest installment in the vast Russian conspiracy that handed the election to Donald Trump in 2016. Many of the journalists who denounced the president's effort to discredit the election have been promoting these baseless assertions for years. It takes some chutzpah to declare that the Republican Party is in the grip of conspiracy theorists when you've spent four years spreading crazy stories to discredit him yourselves. Now, who has the plank and who has the speck, as I ask? Who told us for five years the notion of making America great again was a callback to racism from our past? And what kind of brain does it take to think America at its best or greatest means America as racist. That was a tell, too, that many missed. And so we were given the 1619 Project just to make certain of this position, just as the left and progressives needed what you might call progressive insurance. America could and should not be loved because she was great. She should be condemned because her greatness was based on racism, they told us. What kind of person thinks that way? Turns out, millions. That's what smashed bottles lead to, that kind of junk thought. Or, as the Wizard of Oz put it, disorganized thinking, delusion. So we have more of that, or less. We can be summer soldiers and sunshine patriot conservatives, upbeat and on the march when the going is good and when we have some power. Or we can understand power in a republic ebbs and flows and is never permanent knowing that the rational way of the world means that to shrink from our commitments in the winter or when it seems darkest or when we are not in power is to shrink from the service of our country and our cause. I think we owe it to our country and our cause and countrymen to consider this. Though our souls may be tried, they are not tired, and that tyranny like hell is not easily overcome as Thomas Paine wrote. We could understand this in the cold winter of 1776. How much easier should it be for us to appreciate and understand it now? I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show and want to welcome back Chris Llewellyn, our producer pro tem, who is sitting in for Bill today. Bill, Bill, Bill will be back tomorrow. So if you call us, the number is 602-508-0960, 502-508-0960. Say hi to Chris. I do want to hear from you all today. 
Uh, so please uh, don't hesitate to call in whether you called in before and couldn't get on or um, have some thoughts today. I'm asking you all the question of how you see um, two things, uh, our culture and the state of conservatism right now. I'm really trying to get a temperature. It's the question I'm asked often, uh, not necessarily from three to six, but elsewhere. Where stands the conservative movement today? I'd like to get your sense of it. Chris, it's going to be an interesting uh, year coming up. How have you been? I haven't seen you in a while. You're doing well? You're losing a ton of weight. Thank you very much. Surviving. How are you doing it? Running from your office to the studio at breakneck speed at last minute? Sprints? Uh, You saw me. I did. I caught you. Behind the scenes, me running to the board here. A lot of running. You're just counting calories and exercising more the standard way, or what are you doing? You really yeah, have lost a ton of weight. Calories, and then I run every single day. Yeah, I'm running now again too. And biking. And I've probably done about 400 miles between running and biking since October. No kidding. Good, good on you. Thank How, you. And are you doing uh, lengthy runs? Are you training for a 10k or a half marathon? I don't know if I could do. I'm a big guy. I I wonder what people think when a guy my size is out there running and they're looking and they're like, they okay. see it on Sunday night football every night. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're I'm not as like big as those guys. You're not Frigerator Perry. I mean, wasn't that far off. Yeah, it was. But you're looking great and you're doing well. Thank you. Yeah, you betcha. Um, I guess others have taken not to gaining weight during the shutdowns but to losing. Mike Gallagher talks about having lost a lot of weight. I forget what his number is. He lost a ton of weight, too, during COVID. Yeah, I did, I did the opposite in the beginning. Yeah. Like, I made we sure I gained a bunch. <laughs> I did, too. You know, just in case if yeah. we're born, it's like a bear, like hibernating. Yes, of course. Do you know what I the opposite of hibernating is? What's that? Do you know what the opposite of hibernating is? Tell me. Estuviating. Never heard that word. Yeah, going into rest during warm times. Estuviate. Going into rest, though. Like hibernating, going into rest during winter. Yeah. Hibernation, cold. Yeah. Estuviate, summer. Summer rest. Oh, okay. I just don't associate rest with summer when I think of hibernating animals. Hence the opposite. Yes. Estuviate. Estuviate. I was at <laughs> I was having lunch with a friend I knew to um I've known for a dear friend, one of my best friends. I was having lunch with him. You'll get a kick out of this, Chris. Um we've known each other thirty five years. We're really good friends. We have lunch every once in a while. We were having lunch at an established uh old time place today. And uh some guy sitting alone says, uh, do you mind if I interrupt you? What are you gonna say? No, of course not. It's always a great start. Yeah, always a good start. And no, of course he goes do you guys have a podcast or a radio show or something? You sound really interesting. You should have a podcast or a radio show. We were talking about all kinds of things. And I thought, well, maybe I should have a podcast or a radio show. That's not a, that's a great idea. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Just you some guy overheard like, us. You know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into that. <laughs> and then, you know, I wouldn't know where to start. I wouldn't know where to start. That would be great. Anyway, um, one of them, uh, I, my friend Dimitri Sanas, he and Thano have been guests on this show. They're musicians in town. They, um, they, um, we use some of their bumper music. They're going to be playing tonight at uh, Handlebar J's, where I will be. So if people want to go see them. That's a blast from the past. Handlebar J's. It's Handlebar fun. Jays. It's a lot of fun. It's another great old establishment, you know, Ray Herndon. Uh, so they'll be playing there tonight. I'm going to go see them later, too. If you're in the mood for live music and barbecue, Handlebar Jays is the place to be. But if you hear me talking, do me a favor. Don't say you should have a podcast or you should have a radio show. Did he start with podcast? Podcast or radio, or radio show. 
podcast or radio show. Mm. He said, you, should have, you guys should have a podcast or radio show. You need You're really this. interesting. That's what he said. I'll take it. Yeah. I should have given him a card. Anyway, I do want to hear from the audience. 602-508-0960. Totally your show today. Uh, I, um, I, I, I want to ask you that question. How do you think stands conservatism right now? Just on the news front, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court, without opinion, um, turned down the uh, appeal from Pennsylvania. This was the case that Ted Cruz offered to litigate if it did go to the Supreme Court. Ted Cruz is obviously a very experienced litigator, has argued before the Supreme Court several times before and was the former Texas Solicitor General. The Supreme Court turned down the Pennsylvania um, case. So it looks like those doors are shutting um, more and more rapidly. The only other potential case I know that has a shot at the Supreme Court, and it's a long one. All of them are. We've known this for a long time, but it was a creative one, was the case that did come out of Texas where they are suing several other states. Because if you have one state suing another state, you go straight to the Supreme Court. That's called original jurisdiction. So it was a clever, smart effort by the Texas Attorney General to try it. We'll see if the court takes it. But uh, right now, I think that's the last chance you have or we have to get uh, these claims in front of the United States Supreme Court, the Pennsylvania one having been turned down. The Texas one is novel, and what it is is it's Texas suing Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, and Wisconsin, saying their methodology weakens, vitiates, um, upends the citizens of Texas's certified vote. Texas claiming a clean election is saying that the way Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, and Wisconsin counted votes or assessed their election takes away Texans' legitimate voting rights and voting. So it's it's a unique claim. We'll see if it goes. Um, again, chances are small, but if something is going to go before the Supreme Court over the election, it'll be this Texas suit, which was uh, filed today. We'll see. Again, I do want to hear from you. 602-508-0960. I also want to talk to you a little bit about history, a little bit about censorship, and a little bit about things we should be looking out for. I guess it was a little over a week ago I had Alex Berenson on to talk about his new booklet on masks. He has a piece in the Wall Street Journal today about how hard it was to get published. That's a form of censorship, too. And we'll talk about that when we come back. I'm Seth Liebson. Again, 602-508-0960. What's your sense of the state of the conservative movement right now? Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. 34 minutes after the hour means it's time for our culture and economy update with John Dombrowski from Grand Canyon Planning. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website. J.D., how are you? Happy Tuesday. Good afternoon. How's it going, Seth? Really well. Fantastic. How are you doing? Great. Of course, uh, on this day. Sammy Davis Jr. was born. 
Uh, very good. And then there was two others that, uh, and all in the industry, too. Uh, you had the shooting of uh, John Lennon. Yes. The and opposite, then, right? Then there's one here that's really unusual. Uh-huh. Back in December, on December 8th, 1963, someone was kidnapped. And this this is goes right up your alley with the music you play. Oh, uh, Junior? Was Frank, the other Junior kidnapped? Frank Sinatra Jr. That was a weird story. Yes. That was, was a very odd mm-hmm. story. Yeah. yeah. Of course, everything is, he's he lived a good long yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, he made it through. He made it through. Mm-hmm. Stock market did okay today, huh? Stock market made it through today as well. Uh, we did have some, uh, you know, we've got some positive news again on the virus uh, 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 vaccines, and that's that's good news. Of course, the numbers are still going up. As we're, I think it's breached, uh, what, 15 million in the country now. But uh, the vaccine is, is hopefully the way out of this. So that's what we're all hoping for. But And I think the markets uh, saw that happen today, and the travel industry is uh, uh, beginning a recovery right now. And cruise lines, uh, airlines, and uh, some of the others have uh, began to maybe make their retracement back. One of the sadder sides of our culture is mm-hmm. when people take advantage of crises. Mm. Yes. And yes. one of those has to do with scams. You've always been very high antenna, high alerted to scams. I don't know if you've been a victim or if you've had clients who no. have been. Yeah. It's just something you've always been very good about warning about. And there indeed turns out to be a series of COVID vaccine scams, too, we have to be worried about. Yeah, huh? and this this just started this week. I, I, I know I shot an article over to you, Seth, yeah. which uh, shows a picture of someone uh, holding COVID-19 coronavirus vaccines. Right. Wow, isn't right. that real Looks official? Looks like a generic <laughs> beer can at, uh, at yeah. the food mart, right? Yeah, beer. over, over right. a little ice. Right. I see. I think I see in the back. There's a little bit of vodka too on there. I'm I'm sure that's what it's filled with. Right. So, uh, but uh, basically, uh, you know, stating that hey, I can't make enough of this, but I'm going to do everything I can to help people. Uh, This is uh, certainly not something that was approved, and uh, we've got to be very careful about this. We all know that we want to be protected. You know, there are those out there saying, hey, I'm not going to take the vaccine, and then there's going to be those that are just the opposite that are going to do anything they can to try to be uh, the first in line. Uh, So with that being said, though, please, please be very careful. Make sure that you're going to a reputable uh, place for these. I believe, you know, a lot of the drugstore chains, right, CBS and those, they're all getting ready to have this in their supply chain to be able to provide this. And again, remember, there are going to be two shots that you're going to need to take, and they're going to have to be done in a specific period of time. So there are a variety of things that we've got to be careful about here, just as in anything we do. But please make sure you do not, you know, uh, get get taken advantage of just because you want to get this uh, uh, vaccine. Yeah, there's a lot of scams out there uh, about every crisis, it seems, mm-hmm. and uh, whether it's housing or home or insurance or car or computer or any kind of thing. And investments out and there, inve- too. Yeah, please you see it with investments, with Social that. Security, mm-hmm. Medicare, right? What have you? What what alerted you to this, John? You're always very good about pointing. Point, just you know, people. I'm like you. I'm out there yeah. looking and trying to just do some research and reading, and uh, just uh, constantly perusing the news and trying to find out how I can help my clients better. And and of course, this doesn't have anything to do with helping my clients no. for their for their financial. Uh, from the financial aspects, but hey, I'm always looking for ways to protect my well, clients. It helps them from running yeah. out of time, you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, no, it does. In the extreme right. situation, yeah. it would be. Uh, what's your thought on stimulus checks before the end of the year? That window's closing too, right? It doesn't look. Gosh, it sure doesn't. Yeah. You know, you got both sides still fighting for the different. Uh, 
you know, add-ons that they want in this bill. But it seems like uh, Senator McConnell has definitely uh, backed off on his demands for the liability protection right. for, you know, for, for uh, businesses for COVID-19. Uh, but the on the other side, uh, we've got the House that's still pushing uh, for uh, the relief to uh, cities and uh, municipalities and such in the states. And that's that's where I think the Democrats and the Republicans, just that one, if they can get over that, I think they got a deal here. Uh, and I think both sides just need to see, hey, we need to get this money in the hands of the people who need it. And uh, we got to put our partisan differences aside. And unfortunately, uh, it hasn't happened yet. I don't know, really, Seth. I think it's the only greatest admission is Nancy Pelosi's, who basically admitted yesterday that because the, uh, Joe Biden will be the next president. Yeah. That she is now willing to negotiate. What a terrible thing to say. Yeah, to that America. is a, ter- it's like, it's a terrible. It's like ridiculous. It's, it's like you're, it's so you're going to negotiate the, the people horrible. out there away, right? It's, horrible. Yeah. I agree. All Seth. this talk about we represent the American people, yep. not the party. You know, it's just not true. Yeah, just hey, not true. Go to our website, GrandCanyonPlanning.com. You can request an appointment there. Securities and advisory services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of Finran Sipkin, an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Good man, JD. Thank All you, sir. Thank you. Talk tomorrow. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Got a bunch of great guests for you tomorrow. Today is your day. I wanted to hear all from you, Larry in Phoenix. Hello, Larry. Hey, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm well. It's nice to hear from you. It's been a while. You've been okay? I've been been great. Just a change of schedule, and uh, unfortunately, three to six didn't fall within it. uh, Well, glad to have you today. uh, But I'm here today. Good to have you. I appreciate your monologue and, and... and in fact, uh, that's that, uh, the opposite of hibernation. What was that? Uh, Estuviation. Estuviation. Yes. Yeah, this is the only is radio fact, show in fact. America that has ever used that word, or estivation is and probably the better way to say it, it. It's quite applicable, though, because we are in the Valley of the Sun, and I think that estuviation is practiced in Arizona yeah. every summer. Of course, you of know? course. And then, like, like Chris, uh, in the winter, we have to work off the fat. Yeah. Yeah, like Chris. So, exactly. I, <laughs> he's he's smiling. But, you uh, should know. You know, on, you know, on your monologue and, and, and specifically your question about uh, our culture and what's going right and yeah. wrong with it yeah. and uh, that there, I think I think one of the things affecting the culture most uh, would be uh, the misapplication of laws and statutes. You know, for the quote "common man" okay. versus yeah. the upper class uh, kind of thing. You know, I, I'm wondering how uh, a defense by Chris and Seth and Larry here, uh, if we could take the H. Clinton uh, move and just ignore subpoenas, right? Right. You know, and and I think those things compounded daily, as we as we see every day that it's, it's selective, and I think that beats down the masses. Uh, what's the use? I'm not, in other words, it, 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 as you said uh, with the, uh, in, in your comments there with, uh, with John about uh, government supposed to be, you know, taking care of us, not us, them. Yeah. And, uh, and, that, and, and that's what they say, but we know it's false. We don't believe it. You know, we don't think it's false. Yeah. We know it's false. Yeah. And I and I think that is that is of the most uh, 
from every level, it doesn't matter what it is, is the one that is the worst for our culture because we lose faith in our system. That's uh, it. You put your finger on it. Trust. Trust and faith in our very system that we tell ourselves exists and that we um that we that we celebrate right we know now and probably it just it it maddens us but we know now after probably about 20 years maybe a little longer of seeing this and no more so than the last four or five years that a democrat and a republican is going to be treated very differently by our justice system by our criminal justice system so we get these calls you've heard them no doubt why isn't uh, Comey behind bars or why, you know, if 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 a Republican did what the Justice Department in the outgoing days of the Obama administration did to Michael Flynn, they would be it would be as big as Watergate or Benghazi. Why was that just so easily covered and buried? Right. Um, and, and, and in a sense, we as Republicans have gotten used to it and it's not a good thing to get used to. It's not a good thing to get used to deviations from the norm or corruption, which is the better word for it, which leads to a distrust of the entire system, right? I mean, we can send 15 agents in the cover of darkness to arrest a former campaign consultant of the president's over God knows what, but we can't we can't have justice over the entrapment of the National Security Council advisor to the incoming president, right? Um, these these kinds of things madden us because they are indeed in and of themselves maddening, and they break a trust. They break a trust. So I don't know where you come down on what you think of the results of the election and whether they were fraudulent, irregular, somewhere in between, somewhere to the north, somewhere to the south of those words. But it is not a good thing to have tens of millions of people distrusting the results of an election. And we know this because we've been on the other side of it for the last four years, right? It's not a good thing. If I might add, please, just specifically the election, okay? And going back to the, the laws, the statutes, what is right, what is wrong, what's written in the Constitution, what's written as law, uh, and the rules that are supposed to be followed during an election, when all those are ignored by either a judge or a mayor or an electoral supervisor, even though he swore an oath to uphold the office, right. even when you have affidavits, if you have legal standing, quote, that was one of my comments, I don't understand how the President of the United States doesn't have standing when he's the only one affected. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how you get standing if you're not that guy. Right. But I'm not right. a lawyer. I don't understand I'm with you. that part. I'm with but, you. But even, but even further, as far as what I think, uh, I want, going back to the uh, the Pennsylvania mm-hmm. uh, meeting where, you know, they're showing affidavits, everything. Uh, what has to happen in that kind of thing and where I think that fell short is they needed to throw a dead body on the stage. Here it is. Yeah. It's right here. Right. Show immediate proof, yeah. because then you're reaching hundreds of millions of people, and rather than waving a piece of paper and then being ridiculed in the mass media. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's I a good that way to put it. I put it. Yeah, I put uh, it uh, slightly less well the other day. 
what I said was we don't have the huge silver bullet that's so obvious to everyone that they can't ignore it, right? That's your point, right? There you go. You have yeah. smoke. You have a smoking gun, right. but we don't have we don't have the body. We have a smoking there. gun. Yeah. We don't have the body. That's a that's the best way to put it. Okay. Exactly. And back to your sixteen nineteen. Yeah. Comment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the biggest problem with that is there's been no uproar from the school board. Right. There's been no uproar from the city council, from the mayors, from the county supervisors, from the governors, all the way down the line, going over 50 states. Not a word. Not a word. Nobody's saying they're against it. And it's being put into the school. And, in fact, how bad, I think, who was the guy who wrote the history book? Zinn? Uh, how, yes, Howard Zinn, right. Mm-hmm. Howard Zinn. Well, 1619, even in, even in his book. That's right. So That's right. So it's gotten worse. In other words, decades. it's gotten worse. It's gotten worse. Exactly. And they're going to overthrow three decades of lies right. and start another lie. Right, right. We've, we, we, well, they built off that lie to, to start a new one, right? Every lie is built upon a next and bigger one. It's a stacking of lies. That's a good way to put it, exactly. Larry. And, I, and I'll tell you another thing that I think breaches this trust and it's when elected officials tell us we can't do something that they go and do in the name of public health. I think that's another one. Let me let me get it in quick. You bet. Uh, in England, some hundred-year-old woman got a vaccination. I saw that. You saw that. Yeah. I thought we were the ones that pushed it really hard, yeah. but I understand it's so important that Fauci was out there just berating the FDA by waiting till the 10th. Wasn't yeah. you? Have you heard him say any word? Not, not a, a word. Not a word. So I guess it's not important. It's not America first. It's not America first. God bless you, Larry. Sometimes I just get lost in this stuff. Sorry about that. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. There's live music tonight at Handlebar J's with my friends the Sonnises and others. I'll be there if you're uh, hankering for some of that. Rob is in surprise. Hello, Rob. Hi, Seth. Uh, happy, what day is it? Tuesday, I guess. Yes, it uh, is. I, yeah, I agree with your friend that you really should be on a podcast or a radio show. Uh, isn't that funny? I, it was just some guy. It t- it's kind of funny. When, I, have you ever done this in a restaurant? Have you ever overheard or, I guess, eavesdropped on a conversation and interrupted it to interject yourself? Oh, yeah. I, I didn't. We didn't know this. You have. Okay, you have. Okay. <laughs> I've never done that. It's, it's, excuse no, me. <laughs> I'm Marshall no, McLuhan. You know nothing of my work. Marshall McLuhan, that's right out of Annie Hall. There you go. I knew you'd get that reference, yeah. No, that's great. No, a couple years ago, um, my youngest daughter in Scottsdale, we had a birthday party for her at Domenico's Steakhouse over in Scottsdale. And, you know, that's one of the most expensive places in the world. But I had a couple of my Naval Academy classmates that were there, one of whom is highly, uh, grossly successful, and uh, the other one is equally so, unlike me. Um, so they, you know, we had like 10 people there and they ended up, you know, putting the bill and I felt kind of guilty, but not too much guilty <laughs> anyway. Um, but anyway, that was, uh, and somebody, when I was there, I had my, uh, American Naval Academy t- uh, 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 shirt on that had the American flag on it and the N and the star. Um, it was, uh, something that somebody came over and said, well, you, you know, I love your shirt and, 
you know, I guess you're really a patriot. And I said, well, yeah, you know, with the guys here, we were all Naval Academy classmates and, and everything. And they they really liked that. Anyway. That's different, um, though. That, that I see, that's like what yeah. I, you know, if I see a group of soldiers or cops, I'll, I'll, I'll stop by and thank them. That's a little different. That's effectively that. This was just a conversation about, you want to know what we were talking about? The range of topics he interrupted us on went from the double backhand of Jimmy Connors to why a certain musician uh, was famous, Roy Orbison, what made Roy Orbison so great, to uh, John Lennon and Sammy Davis Jr. That's what we were talking about, sports and music. And yeah. and he found something in that so interesting that he said, you know, you guys, I just got to tell you, you guys are so interesting. You guys got to have a podcast or a radio show. We didn't even get yeah, to the election. We didn't get to no, your no. topic either. Hold the thought. Let me come back to you on the other okay. side. All right. And there's oh. room for more. 602-508-0960. I know my GM is happy with this because he wants me to move music and sports to some other channel so that will stay on the politics. We'll do it all. It's all our territory, Lincoln said. We are a country of politics and culture. Be right back. <laughs> 